Some form of Thanksgiving Day is celebrated in all cultures. But let's be frank. I think Americans observe Thanksgiving Day in a unique way. Sometimes we even wonder if it's about Thanksgiving. Unless, of course, your football team wins. Or everything turns out at the meal. Or there's no fights going on while you're having the meal. Do we really appreciate the gift that we have when it comes to thanksgiving. Martin Luther referred to gratitude as the basic Christian attitude. Christian gratitude is a virtue that shapes not only emotions and thoughts, but actions and deeds. Gratitude is not the same as indebtedness. Although there is always a certain element of indebtedness, ingratitude. Both occur, gratitude and indebtedness, following the reception of help or the offer of an unexpected gift or pleasure. And yet, they lead to different reactions, The feeling of indebtedness by itself often motivates the recipient of the help to avoid the person who has helped them. They perceive that they are under an obligation to make some repayment of compensation for what was done for them. Maybe you've experienced that in your Christian faith. That there are times where you're confronted with the mercy and the grace of God and you come to this point of realizing how unworthy you are and how in debt you feel for all God has done. We must be careful, however, because if indebtedness is the motivation, we'll fall into this idea of thinking, well, I got to do something to pay God back. Look, I went to Thanksgiving Day sermon service today, and others didn't. I was actually nice today. I, I, I'm going to try harder to do this. Uh, indebtedness will not leave us to God. What it will do is it will actually drive us away because we cannot repay the debt of God's love for us. Gratitude, on the other hand, motivates the recipient to seek out the one who gives and st- try to find ways to improve a relationship with them because we're truly grateful for all the love and compassion that was given to us. So that brought me to the title of my sermon today, which is, Thanks for Nothing. It's actually based on a Bible passage. It's based on 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so, thanks for nothing. All right. It's an unusual expression, and most of the time when we use it, we are using it to express a sense of uh, that we're upset with somebody because they did or didn't do what we wanted them to do. 
thanks for nothing. It's almost like we're in a worse position because of the nothingness of their relationship with us. I know it's an unusual expression for a Thanksgiving Day sermon. And it sounds like I may be implying that we should thank God for nothing. And to be honest, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. And I think that's a part of the text that Paul writes to the Thessalonians. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, the key to the thanks for nothing is in the the phrase, all circumstances. Not just during the good times, but also in bad times. And yes, even when there's apparently nothing at all to which to give thanks. It's easy and natural for us to be thankful in rewarding and pleasant circumstances. Falling in love, getting married, the birth of a child, the birth of a seventh grandchild. When somebody is generous or kind to you, when friends or family whom you haven't seen in a long time show up, and it's like an awesome reunion. There's happy times, times for rejoicing and times for giving thanks. Now, it's not like we don't appreciate the good things that God gives. It's just that God's gifts can become common in our minds. We tend to think that we deserve them. And let's be frank, we also tend to be better askers than thankers. We regard such things as shoes and clothes, meat and drink, dishes, electricity as normal things, not gifts. And they're certainly not treated as undeserved gifts. And so at best, we take them for granted. At worst, we think we deserve them. And it is easy to take God's mercy and temporal blessings for granted. So often we have this mindset to expect good things from God. You can hear it in our prayers. Pay attention to that. Oh, we may begin in the name of God, but... How long before we start getting to the litany of things that we want to ask for? You especially see it and experience it if something is is taken away from you. You don't have it anymore. Death of a loved one. Good health. Brand new car that hit a deer before you could put insurance on it. We then do what? We grumble. We have that all too common, why me, Lord? How come? What did I do to deserve this? We get jealous then of others who seem to float along as if nothing bad happens. Now, God doesn't expect you to be thankful for times of misery or even for bland uneventful times. To thank God 
for difficult times in one's life implies that somehow or another God is responsible for the dark days and times of your life. As if he's pulling switches and pushing buttons just to get under your skin, just to see what you're going to do. But the Bible says God tempts no one. God is not responsible for our problems. Our problems are the result of living in a sinful, broken world with sinful, broken people. God is not the author of evil. Sin and Satan are the ones that generate or motivate us to seek out behaviors, activities, and things that often, even before they happen, have a result of something not good. And yet we do it anyway. We create the problem and then expect, oh God, fix it for us. Whatever the source of your problems, the message is the same. We can give God thanks in all circumstances, even if we want to say, thank you, God, for nothing. There is something that we can be thankful for at all times, but especially during dark times. Are you ready? So with the help of of Jimbo... I want to illustrate this for you. First of all, it's based upon a book that I read years ago in the formative years of uh, uh, Sherry's and my marriage. It was an attempt to <clears throat> try to unpack what was wrong. What a, why do we have these consistent issues bothering us? The name of the book is The Shadow Side of in- Intimate Relationships. <clears throat> and it basically talks about the fact that we all have shadows. Look, I have one, but I don't want you to look at my shadow. I want you to look at me. I know the shadow's there, and I try to hide the shadow, but I need to be responsible for that shadow. Other people see it, but I don't want them to. I don't want to direct their attention to that guy behind me. That's the guy I want to ignore. That's the guy I don't want there, but he doesn't go away. Wherever I go, there he is, right there. Please don't look at him. In the marriage, what happens is that we act often out of the shadow at the same time we're trying to display this other person. No, hon, that's not me. This was my intent. No. (laughs) Of course I can hear. Are you sure you said it? Because I pay attention. I love you. When the shadow sends a different message. Does that make sense? Somebody answer me. There, I can move on. Okay. When it comes to giving thanks for nothing or difficult times, you need to employ the opposite of what the book says. The book says, turn around, pay attention to your shadow, understand what it's doing, where it's at, how is it expressing yourself in in your life. When it comes to thanksgiving, the encouragement is to do the opposite. 
you can't have a shadow without light. In Scripture, light and darkness are often used to describe the condition of the man and woman. We're saint, and yet we're sinner at the same time. What happens when we go through difficult times is rather than acknowledging the fact that a life actually exists, we have a tendency to turn around and look at nothing but the shadow Look what I don't have. Look how bad things are. How come I'm in this situation? I can't even see my eyes, my face. I just see a, a big head, and a dark body, no definition. God, why did you do this to me? We forget that in those difficult times, there's always the light. The light that says, even during these difficult times, I have not forsaken you. Even during times of, of hardship or heartache, I have promised that, that I'll never leave or forsake you. That all things work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to God's purpose. So there can never be a, a shadow unless there's light. And there can never be dark, shadowy, painful times in our lives without the presence of God's reassuring light. You can turn the lights back on. So, in the illustration, where was my shadow? My shadow was always behind me. When it comes to counseling, working through issues with loved ones, pay attention to that shadow. Because that shadow will help you understand why your spouse, your children, your friends may be responding to you in a way that, well, it doesn't make sense when you look at yourself in the mirror. And yet we have a tendency to be the total person we are. When it comes to God, when it comes to giving thanks in all circumstances, all situations, we remember that God is not the instigator. Sin separates us from God. Satan seeks to drive a wedge between you and God. And one of the ways he does that is tries to get you to think that if God really loved you, this wouldn't happen. Please find the Bible passage that says that. Show me amongst God's word where it says, because you belong to me, nothing ever bad is going to happen. You can go ahead and do whatever you want. I'm still going to be there for you. Just let me know what you want, and I'll step up and provide for you. I know that's a little sarcastic, but sometimes you just got to call that sinful man out because that's what we do. Put ourselves in the position of thinking we deserve things from God that we really don't. And yet God gives them to us anyway. And I think it's really expands, if you will, our understanding of giving thanks when you're able to list among the things for which you give thanks some of those difficult times from the past. 
they were hard when they happened. You don't want anybody else to go through that. You wish in a certain way that you didn't have to go through it, but you did. You're on the other side. You're able to look back at that situation, as difficult as it was, and realize the whole time God was carrying you. God was providing for you. Okay, not in the way you wanted it at the time. But when you get on the other side, you, you say, but what other way would I want it? What other way to go through life other than knowing that God helps those who can't help themselves? That God is there oftentimes in the middle of our weaknesses, our struggles, and our hardships. Paul writes that he rejoices in these times because when he's weak, when it looks like there's nothing you're more apt to see just how much you actually have. That's why Paul writes in Philippians, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. The purpose of this sermon wasn't to focus on bad things. But it was to point out that they're there. It might not surprise you that as much as you want to hold on to having a good time today, uh, memories may come up that will haunt you, that will seek to rob you of it. This is the first or the second Thanksgiving you've gone through after the loss of a loved one. And you don't have family around. Or even if you do, that empty chair, that sends a message. Causes you to want to maybe step back and realize what you don't have anymore. Rather than look to the light and to realize how God kept his promise to that loved one. The same promise that he gives to you. The very comfort, the very peace that he afforded that brother or sister in Christ is yours too. Understanding, of course, that the reason we mourn, the reason we're sad, is because we were so blessed. In fact, the more blessed you have been, the more challenging it can be at times to go through difficult things because you know what it's like to be blessed. As long as that blessing is found in God's gift of Jesus in your life, where he came and he suffered and he hurt and he went through difficult times his whole life for the purpose of being faithful to his father and expressing God's love to you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Because his love endures forever. In all things, and at all times, and in all ways, through Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen.